Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Encounter Church's study on the book of Hebrews. Tonight it's uh, lesson 17, Responsibilities of Spiritual Maturity. And let's open with a word of prayer tonight. Father, we thank you for this time gathered around your word. And Lord Jesus, I just ask you to touch each one on Facebook, on social media, each one here in the class tonight with your presence. And help us, Lord, to dive a little deeper into what it means to be mature in Christ. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Ephesians 5.12 says, Paul called on the church in Ephesus to be imitators of God. What does that mean, folks? Anybody give me an idea? What does it mean to be an imitator of God? Be more like him, yeah. Anybody got anything else? To be an imitator of God. What does that mean? Ma'am? Yeah, mimic what you see. We're looking at Jesus. We're looking at how he lived his life with the disciples, how the disciples lived their life. To get an idea of what it means to grow in Christ, to be mature. You know, as a child grows up, they go to school, they learn their ABCs, sometimes, <laughs> science and math. Hopefully, they learn how to behave from their parents and uh, their uh, teachers. They learn respect, they learn manners, how to treat their classmates. And just like that, in, in Christianity, when a person comes to the altar and accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior, a maturing process begins as well, just like with the children. And that means going to God's Word, reading God's Word, praying, seeking the Lord, and how to submit to proper spiritual authority, which is important. And you know, too often, some Christians believe, well, I went to the altar, I said the prayer, and uh, that's all I need. It's checking the box. I've got it. They don't feel they need to attend a church. They don't feel they need Bible study anymore. And they tend to forget all about how to pray and talking to the Lord, trying to grow in Christ. Steve Rankin, in his book, Aiming at Maturity, says the goal of a Christian's life defines a spiritual mature Christian as this one whose whole character, dispositions, words, and actions would emulate the character of Jesus Christ, to be like Jesus. Remember what Ephesians 5 said, Paul calls the church to be imitators of God. He's our example. He's our father. Now, we have two short videos tonight. And before we go to them, I'd just like to take a minute to look at five signs of a mature Christian. Okay, number one, mature Christians receive the truth of the gospel as it was passed down to them. What does that mean to receive the truth of the gospel? Somebody got an idea? As it was passed down to them, what does that mean to receive the truth of the gospel? Yes, sir. Right. Hearing the word, doing the word. 
Number two, mature Christians stop pointing out everyone else's sins and start confessing their own, right? Isn't that important? Quit looking at everybody's sin and take a look at ourselves. And number three, mature Christians need to start watching their words and know when to speak. Isn't that the truth? I can raise my hand on that one. It's important to watch what we say and then to speak the truth. Number four, more mature Christians, we need to grow less dependent on ourselves and increasingly dependent on Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that the truth? We need to start learning how to be more dependent on Christ. Number five, mature Christians make every effort to build on their faith and do what? Stay close to Jesus. How important that is. And what does the enemy try to do? Tries to get you to get away from Jesus. Tries to bring, you know, difficulties in your life, problems. Anything that will pull you away from God, pull you away from Jesus. That's what the enemy likes to do. Amen? Amen. So that's kind of five ideas, or five ideas on spiritual authority. Now, before we go to our videos tonight, we have two short videos. And uh, one that I really like a lot is from Pastor Tony Evans. He's one of the best I've ever seen at teaching uh, Bible studies and bringing out the Bible, bringing out God's truth. And I've taught a lot of his workshops, so I really enjoy him. He's got a short message here for us on maturity. And then followed right behind that is a short video in a classroom where a teacher is teaching some students about the importance of maturity in Jesus. So let's go to video number one with Pastor Tony Evans. God's concern for each of us is our spiritual maturity. He wants us to grow up in our Christ-likeness, to be transformed into the image of Christ. Whatever ministry you are a part of, your growth and your impacting and influencing the growth of others should be of paramount concern. God doesn't just want us going through religious motions. He doesn't want us just, just doing the duty of being a Christian. He wants us changing because he wants us to become like his son in our character, our conduct, in our actions and our attitudes. So that the choices we make begin to change because we are now being influenced by his word and by his spirit to become different kind of people. If you're a parent, you know what it feels like to want to see your children grow up and mature and maximize their potential. The potential that started off so small as an embryo that now as they grow in life and move to adulthood, you want to see them become responsible citizens. In fact, you're disappointed. I'm disappointed when, when our kids aren't being as responsible as we are instructing them to be. Well, God gets disappointed too when his kids aren't maturing in the faith. In fact, the Bible talks about different levels. Childhood talks about youth, talks about fathers and fathers are folk who having kids. So they're influencing the lives of others. So that should be the pattern and the paradigm for your own growth and transformation. You start off as a child, maybe you're not good at making decisions, spiritual decisions. 
He talks about the youth, the struggle, the struggle of Satan and the flesh and the world to pull us away from God, those teenage years. But then you break through that, that, that time and you become, a, you become a parent. That is, your maturity is influencing someone else. So if you're not growing, if I'm not growing, if we're not maturing because our decisions are being now more consistently reflective of our faith and of God's truth, uh, then we're not only losing in this life, but we are losing reward in the life to come. On the other hand, if we are maturing and are growing and become fathers and mothers, parents, that is helping other believers to mature, well, now we are seeing ourselves uh, uh, positioned for greater impact in history and greater reward in eternity. So as you look at the church you are a part of, the Bible study you are a part of, the family you are a part of, look for spiritual development as the goal. Because when spiritual development becomes your goal and you are progressing in Christ-like decision-making, then you can expect to see more of God at work in time and hear more congratulations from Him in eternity. So with transformation, the key word is it's a metabolic change that's happening. That is, our natural life is changing from our natural life to being filled with the life. That's the process of transformation. But with maturity, it actually means to be filled with the divine life. That changes us. That means that there is a life that's overflowing, that is just overflowing to the brim. And this life, when it overflows, guess what? It blesses. It blesses. You know how we sometimes can bless others? By bringing Christ to them. When we are enjoying the Lord, you know what? By reading the Word, by being in the fellowship with the brothers and sisters, by being in the homes of the older brothers and sisters, enjoying their fellowship, we come out of there different. We come out, we, we, we are different when we read the Word. We are different when we are in this uh, small group fellowship, right? And guess what? There's something that has filled us. So on the one hand, it's filled us. But when it begins to overflow into others, that is blessing. Do you believe that a lot of your peers, a lot of your classmates need to be blessed? They do, right? And so with Jacob, we see that eventually, like I had stated earlier, you know, from the time that he lost his son until eventually he went through that period where they were in a famine and they had to go to Egypt to buy food. And lo and behold, they see that it's their youngest brother that's in the position of, 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 of administrating all the, 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 the food in Egypt. From that period, 20 years passed by. And it's during those 20 years, after those 20 years, that eventually uh, uh, we see Jacob was a person that had reached a, mat- a maturity in life in which he blessed both Pharaoh and eventually the way he ended his life is by blessing his 12 sons. So we have to be impressed how Jacob ended. He ended full of life, fully matured, expressing God fully, right? 
And um, I would just like to comment with this uh, little word regarding coming back to us as students. Well, I'm not a student, but you are a student. You know, with maturity, it takes time, right? It takes time, and we should just, as we are going through our days, that one of the best things that we can do is just cooperate with the Lord over all the little things that happen in our lives. When we cooperate with the Lord, you know what? We are actually cooperating for the fulfillment of His eternal purpose. That means that the Lord is gaining a group of people that can express Him on this campus. But He does this by us turning to Him, right? So, that leads us to the last point here. Amen. All signs of our growing in Christ, spiritual maturity, growing up in Jesus. You know, uh, Brother Tony Evans gave, gives a fantastic class on the names of God. As we mature in Christ and learn who He is, what these names mean, that was a, power, was a powerful six-week study. I've taught that before, and it really touches people about growing up in the Lord and what the names of God mean, each one. Another example of maturity is something that happened to the prodigal son. If you remember, he decided he wanted all his money and he's going to go play around a while. He wasn't really mature enough in his faith to know what to do right until he ended up in a pig pen. <laughs> then he decided, I think I need to go back to my father. Sometimes that happens to a lot of us. You know, we're not mature in the Lord, and we decide, well, we want to go do this and that and the other, and the, and the Lord will say, okay, go, go to the pig pen. And then it's, I'm going to come back to Jesus. I'm going to come back so I can mature and grow in the Lord. Tonight, let's go to our lesson again. This is all about maturity and growing up. There was something we were supposed to memorize this week from Hebrews 13. Verse 5 and 6. Who read that? Anybody? Liz? Okay, can you? That's okay, can you read it? Okay. Alright, so uh, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Amen. You know, the prodigal son didn't really give up on the love of money, did he? And that's got him in a whole bunch of trouble. But that's important. That's important to take a look at those verses and memorize them. Hebrews 12, 12 through 15 says, do this. Number one. What two charges are given to believers in verse 14? There's two things, two charges that's given to believers in those verses. What are they or in that verse? Verse 14. Anybody? What are we supposed to pursue with all men? Peace. God's peace. Amen. What else do we... Do we uh, look for? Be holy. Be holy. Sanctification. 
Amen. Number two, in verse 15, what two warnings are given to God's people in verse 15? Two warnings. What are they? Liz, go ahead. Uh, make sure no one falls short of the glory of God. Amen. And make sure no bitter root takes root. Praise God, yeah. No root of bitterness. And also, no one comes short of the grace of God. Number three, how can bitterness be avoided? Sir? Keep your eyes on the Lord. Amen. Anything else? How can bitterness? What is it? Forgiveness. Amen. Those are good. Praise God. Yes, sir. Don't let disappointment set in. Praise God. Hebrews 12, 16 and 17. Do not do this. <laughs> According to Genesis 25, 29 to 34, it's about Esau. What was Esau's attitude toward his birthright? Remember? What was his attitude towards his birthright? Amen. Yeah. Sure was. It meant a lot. Yeah. Yes, sir. In that culture, that meant a whole big bunch, your birthright. And after selling it to Jacob, what did he do? He hated it. Too late then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, number five. What is the right of the firstborn? As described to us in Deuteronomy 21, 15 through 17. What is the right of the firstborn? Okay, Liz. I wrote a double sharing of all his father had. Double portion, uh-huh. And something the wife received. Remember, anybody remember what that was? Yes, yes, sir. Uh, the unloved wife, the second wife, should receive the same blessing for the firstborn as the other wife. Amen. Number six. What is the warning for us in the account about Esau? What, what is that warning that we should take from that? Don't do something. Don't do what? What did Esau do that got him in trouble? Uh, he took his blessing for granted. Yeah. And then don't sell out our birthright. Amen. Number seven. Exodus 19, verse 12 through 19, and Exodus 20, 18 through 21. Now, what caused a common mountain 
to become so uncommon. So we had this mountain that was common. All of a sudden, what happened there to cause it to be uncommon? Yes, when Moses went up, the presence of the glory of God. Praise God. Think about that for a minute. God's presence. You walk up a mountain and there's God's presence. Wow. We can, we can have that same experience today. We seek him. And God, yeah, God's speaking to his people from the cloud and thunder. Number eight. What reaction did the Israelites have to this uncommon mountain? And why did they have that reaction? What was the reaction they had when they first heard his voice coming out with like thunder? I wrote that they were scared. And, uh, scared. The reason I said they were scared is because it obviously was close to why they are always drawn to climbing mountains because they were involved in idolatry. Sure. Yeah. So they had fear and trembling, didn't they? Yes. And the people needed at that they needed to learn to fear God, didn't they? Mm -hmm. They didn't have that fear of God that they should have had. In Hebrews uh, 12, 22 through 24, read the additional references given with each of the following phrases and briefly describe those with whom we share Mount Zion. We share Mount Zion. There's about five of them here. Okay. First one is Hebrews 1.14, Revelation 5, 11, and 12. Innumerable angels and in festal gathering. How does that uh, go with whom we share Mount Zion? Innumerable angels and in festal gathering. Those with whom we share Mount Zion. What is there about those angels? Pardon? Yeah. Many angels and elders, and there were living creatures before the throne, and they were all worshiping God. Yes, ma'am. So, so does this translate Hebrews 12, uh, 22 through 24? Uh huh. I was a little confused by the wording of it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah. So that That's good. Yeah. It's a little hard to pick that out right away on that one. Yeah, I wrote ministering spirits, numbers and thousands, or whatever the number is. Yeah. Yeah. There's an innumerable number of angels. That's a lot. <laughs> and living creatures, right? And where were they? They were before the throne. Before God's presence. Okay, the next one, B. The assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. Now, what does that mean and, and uh, how does that affect those with whom we share Mount Zion? The assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. Luke 10, 19-20 and Revelation 20:15. What were they given, the assembly of the firstborn? What'd you put? I put this one, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. says, we're given authority to tread on serpents, scorpions. And it says, rejoice that your names are in the book of life. That's a heck of a rejoice, isn't it? Your names are written in the book of life. Think about that one. Anyone not found in the book of life, what happened to them? Yeah, they were cast into the lake of fire. Wow. Number C, God, the judge of all, Romans 14, 10 through 12, 2 Corinthians 5, 10. What do each one of us have to do? It says, God, the judge, what do we all have to do? Mm -hmm. Stand before the judgment seat, and uh, each one of us will have to do what to God? Uh-huh. We'll have to, give, have to give account. Of everything we've done down here. Praise Him. D. The spirits of the righteous made perfect. Philippians 3, 8 and 9 and 12. And Hebrews 11, 39 and 40. What's important there for us? Something we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what else? It says, I press what? I press towards the goal of what pro the prize in Jesus. And Jesus is all the prize we need. Amen? Number E, Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, 1 Timothy 2, 5, and Hebrews 8, 9 and 15. What about that one? What is important there? Between man and God that what? Oh, only way. One mediator. Mm-hmm. Bridge, yeah. He's a bridge between God. The only bridge between... God and man. You know, you have all these other religions that have to go through this God and that God and this, uh, this thing and that thing. There's only one way to get to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. Thank God it is, too. He gives us a better covenant. All right, Hebrews 12, 25. Remember these things. Who are they in verse 25, and who warned them? Who are they? Take a quick look at that verse, verse 25, 12, 25. Who, who are they they're talking about? Yeah, it's God who warned them, didn't he? They've been warned. <laughs> and number 11, who warns us? And why is this warning even more significant? Who warns us? Anybody over here? 
Pardon? The Holy Spirit? God, yes, indeed. And it's Jesus who warns us too. And in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, what specific truths about the kingdom of God are mentioned in these verses? There are about three points there. What specific truths about God's kingdom are mentioned? What does he say about God's kingdom or what? I said it's everlasting Yes, everlasting dominion cannot be destroyed. And all nations and people may what? What can they do? All nations and people may... Huh? They may serve him. Have an opportunity to serve him. And his kingdom will not be destroyed. Amen? Amen. And also, let's see, verse number 13 here. How should receiving a kingdom in Hebrews 12, 28 affect our attitude and behavior according to Luke 12, 27 and 34? What are some truths there in that passage of scripture? We receive a kingdom, what? Heaven. Kingdom of heaven, yeah. Mm -hmm. That what? Um, I said we should become more giving. Uh huh. Uh, not as conservative, but we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Take that, devil. We receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's a kingdom he can't overthrow. So, what do we need to do because of that to the Lord? What is it we need to do? Because of that. Praise him. Hmm? Praise him and be thankful. Praise him and be thankful. Worship him. Show our respect. Yeah, and share with others. Mm -hmm. Share what God has given us. Sometimes Christians can be selfish. Oh, I'm going to heaven. I got my name in the book and I don't do anything wrong. But you're not willing to share that with anybody. We should be telling people there's an eternity to be gained. The time down here on earth is a drop in the bucket. It means nothing. I've got a book that I'm reading about NDEs or near-death experiences. And all these folks in there are so glad that they're going to heaven and not staying here or going to hell. Because heaven is an eternal, beautiful place. God created a whole universe. Amen. All of it. Everything. So we need to look forward to where we're going. Some people walk around with faces that look like they're dragging on the floor. Why would anybody else want that? Think about it. How many of you, oh, I'm, I'm a Christian. Um, gee, I didn't, I have too many financial problems. I don't have any money. I don't have good health. Why would anyone want that? Have you ever run into a Christian that's in the middle of a whole bunch of crap and they got the joy of the Lord on their face? You want to smack them. What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, but they know in whom they have believed and is persuaded that he is persuaded that he is able to keep them. Amen? We need to start learning how to show the joy of the Lord. So other, other people want, this is an important time of revival. There's colleges that are having these revivals break out, and it's just them coming to the altar and repenting. 
and it goes on for hours. And that's what Jesus is saying. I need repentance. I need to have you commit to me. He's given us one last revival, I believe, before he comes back, and that's important. And, you know, this study of Hebrews, I hope everybody out there has enjoyed it and, and liked it and loved it. It's good to get into God's Word, to dive deep in there. And next week is our last week of uh, study in Hebrews with Brother Bob. And it's going to be living out our Christian faith. Praise God for that one. Living out our Christian faith. You had something? Huh? Oh, Brother Dave. What? He said you had something. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Brother Dave. I'm not on the schedule. You got knocked off the schedule, okay. <laughs> anyway, Brother Dave will be next week, and he's also starting out our study on Romans, right, Dave? So we're going to have some good stuff coming up. He's a great teacher. Enjoy him tremendously. And so don't forget, that's uh, starting after our next week. Next week is the last class. For Hebrews, and then we go into Paul. Paul's writing through the book of Romans. That is going to be fun. I guarantee you we're going to have a good time with that. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Romans is best known for clearly articulating what? Key doctrines such as man's sinfulness, justification by faith, regeneration, and union with Christ, adoption, and sanctification. All that in the book of Romans. And we're going to study that and enjoy that and share that with each other. And all of you out there on social media, it's going to be a blessing. Paul had a goal in writing Romans. Obedience of faith. Consider yourself what? Dead to sin. Be subject to the governing authorities. That's a tough one. And uh, loving your mistaken Christian brothers and winning the argument. Amen? Anything else you know about why did Paul write the book of Romans? I know that's coming ahead yet, but why did he write it? Pardon, Bob? Is it? Amen. By faith, justification. So tonight, we've had some time to talk about uh, maturity and see a couple videos on maturity, spiritual growth. If you're out there tonight and watching us and, talk and listen to what we have to say, you may not be at a place where God wants you. And we're going to have a prayer. We're going to pray about maturity for everybody listening, everybody watching. And also, first and foremost, if you're out there tonight listening to us, watching us, and you have not asked Jesus in your heart, you never went to the altar and said, Jesus, I've been a sinner. Please write my name in the book of life and save me. If that's you, we want to pray for that tonight. You just bow your head where you are, if you can, and we're going to pray the sinner's prayer. John 3.16 is what we need. So we're going to pray that prayer, the sinner's prayer. For God so loved the world. He gave his, what, only begotten son. That whosoever, and that's everybody listening tonight, whosoever believes in him shall not perish, 
and have everlasting life. And that's the beginning. God will give you the beginning. He'll write your name down in the Lamb's Book of Heaven, Lamb's Book of Life in Heaven. But then he wants you to grow, doesn't he? We need to grow in Christ. We need to mature in Christ. Amen. Again, that comes by reading the Word, finding a good church home and a good pastor like we have, getting with the Christian brothers and sisters and having Bible studies. It's all important to get you to where you need to be in Jesus. These are tough times. You see the devil kicking his heels up and doing stuff all over the world. Well, we're going to do some stuff too. We're going to win some souls for Jesus and help them mature. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, if you're listening tonight and don't know him, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. And Lord, help me to grow and mature in you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you prayed that prayer right now tonight, your name's been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. You can rejoice in that. If you need help, contact us or contact a, a good local church to help you to mature in Christ and help you to grow. We have a great program here for that. We welcome anyone to come visit us. 600 North Campbell in Royal Oak, Michigan. We love you guys. We'd love to see you come and visit us. And we want to pray one more prayer. If you're out there tonight and you're a Christian, you know Jesus, but you haven't gone much of any place because you haven't gone to church maybe, haven't read your Bible, I want to help you with that. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, help me for growth, Lord. Help me to spiritually mature in you, Jesus. You're my Lord and Savior, and forgive me for not attending church. Forgive me for not praying enough, Lord. Forgive me for not sharing what you've given me to others so they may be saved. So I ask you to touch us tonight. Lord Jesus, touch them. Each one is praying right now. Touch them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if that's you tonight and you prayed that prayer, get a hold of us. We have services Sunday mornings at 11, Bible studies Wednesday night at 7. We'd love to see you come and share with us. Love to have you here. If uh, you live a distance or something, there's good local churches near where you're at. You give us a call or contact us and we'll, we'll guide you in the right direction. Amen. So again, 